0: Welcome to the Bad Cody Funky podcast, issue number 49, Comic Book Club's Civil War, everyone. We're talking about Marvel's Civil War in the wake of the movie that's coming out, Captain America's Civil War. On today's podcast, we've got NYC's New York's radio personality, Michael Dolce, coming from Talk Alternatives show Secrets of the Sire. Mike, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. And also on the podcast today, we've got Booster Greg. What up? TV's Casey. Hey, Adam, I'm Amber, and I'm Sergio. Welcome, everyone. We're talking about Civil War on today's Bad Cody Funky Podcast.
1: Yeah, so Civil War, huge, huge event comic when it came out, uh... Written by none other than the infamous Mark Millar with a little bit of a leash on him for this time. I love how he does that. Like if you look at his creator own stuff, Wanted, Kick-Ass, Nemesis, it's all super lowbrow, vulgar, blah, 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 you know, all that good good stuff. And then he goes to Marvel and it's just like someone puts a leash on him and he can actually write like an awesome superhero story that's not just like over the top and that parents don't go picketing over. Um, it's the also, power
2: of editing.
1: The power of editing and good have you guys read the compendium for that one have you seen that where uh i guess it has his one of my buddies has it and i guess it has his uh notes and stuff like that where it's just like you know blah blah, blah like this happens and the editor's like no 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 you can't do that that's not what happens and he tries <laughs> to like keep on pushing it through so um what i like to the thing i like to tell everyone which i think is very interesting is they try to give Iron Man a reason for acting the way he does in the comic. So he keeps on saying, like, oh, it's Happy's kid who is at the the school that got blown up that started this whole thing. And the editor kept on being like, no, Happy doesn't have a goddamn kid. And he keeps on trying to, like, push this idea through. (laughs) It's it's really fucking humorous. Uh, But anyways, uh, Casey, I I know that you're the biggest Marvel guy. Uh, that's on bad Carity funky. I'm more of a DC guy, pre pre New Fifty Two, pre New Fifty Two. The,
2: the big the big uh, man on campus. The Marvel big man on campus over, the over group.
1: here. So, Casey, tell us tell us about like how what Marvel was at that point. What was the uh, the the atmosphere like?
2: So this is going back to 2006 when my voice was only slightly less screechy than it is now, uh, and I was almost certainly the same exact height. But alas. Uh, 2006 is also the year I started buying comics for myself for the first time. And what a time to be reading. You're, you're coming off of essentially what is the start of event comics being, becoming a summer blockbuster. Um, and they would be starting in 2005 with House of M, they would come out pretty much every year, uh, in Marvel. And DC would start doing the same thing with like Green Lantern Corps stuff, but, uh, the Marvel Universe, in a weird place after House of M, all the mutant the mutants were ruling the world for a little while under the uh, the sorceries of Scarlet Witch and Magneto. And then when that all came crashing down around them, there was no more mutants, and now there were only 198 mutants left. So the Sentinel programs rise up. There's a lot of government control looking over one select group of superheroes. Um... You know the Avengers are in full swing because you have the new Avengers now that finally added Spider-Man and Wolverine to the ranks. It had Captain America, Luke Cage, Spider-Woman, the Sentry. So you had a, a real real mix of like the, the most popular top dogs in the universe all on one team. So editorial kind of comes together and they're like well what if we had some event that, that decided to put all the heroes against each other? Something to really get the fans going. An, an event that could span every title that we have which is something that now is commonplace but then was absolutely unprecedented um so it just kind of it just kind of happened iron man's getting his hands in some government pies a couple of years earlier in the course of i want to say jeff john's run on avengers he was he served as secretary of defense for the president so he's, he's becoming a real a real government guy, more than his usual corporate guy self. But um, yeah, so the stage is set. Iron Man's a government guy. Everybody else is doing their big hero thing. Mutants are kind of under the thumb more than usual. And the New Warriors have a reality television show where they hunt down bad guys uh, with a film crew. And that pretty much brings you up to speed for the first issue. Wow,
1: I was Yikes. actually, that was... Well,
3: and also... <laughs> Well put, sir. That was well pretty put. concise. Wow. Yeah, I hope I didn't run
2: on too long there, but there's a uh, there's
3: a lot of a lot of ground to
2: cover. Uh, that, that sums it up pretty good.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, it also, I mean, like I know that it was a uh, kind of one element of the comic that I I read kind of dated the the storyline a little. The whole reality reality TV bit, because um, back then there were things like Survivor on TV. There was American Idol. And that was all. I was. I was a. It was a huge craze for that. And and the new warriors ex, kind of exploiting that, giving them giving these C list or less than c list characters, <laughs> um, some reason to to be in the spotlight was a lot more believable, I think, back then than today, where it's just kind of so where it's kind of like something that's so obviously uh, irresponsible <laughs> yeah. um I, I guess i guess it, w- it could have been a lot more the um, uh
2: the new warriors weren't always this way yeah. um you know anybody reading comics in the 90s could probably tell you that they were pretty much the junior avengers you know and as much the new mutants was related to x-men the the new warriors were like the the kid great avengers so yeah, it was I an mean, interesting like- change of pace
4: they were, they were something different. I mean, they, they, were, they were kind of an alternative. It's funny, the fact that we're even watching all these Avengers up on screen and loving it. Um, you also got to realize, too, in the 90s, it's all X-Men. Everything's X-Men. There's no—Civil War was really the first attempt by Marvel to start bolstering the other heroes. Like, really the other heroes, the Captain America, the Iron Man, the Thor— which you know today it seems like silly. You're sitting there going like, what do you mean they're not popular? They were not very popular. Um, <laughs> they were they they in fact they were so unpopular in the late '90s that they turned everything over to Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, uh, to reboot that entire you know Fantastic Four, uh, Avengers, Captain America, Thor. Um, you know you had a run of Captain America from Mark Wade back in '97 and Ron Garney that was kind of getting people's attention and then but but immediately they went to the to the hype of like the heroes uh, reborn and all that stuff that 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 those guys had done and um you know these these were not popular characters these were not you know summer blockbuster characters so uh civil war was was really a culmination of an attempt by marvel to get these guys into the limelight and that's what they did so uh you know and then mark millar blew them all up so <laughs>
1: kudos, kudos i completely to them. forgot about heroes Reborn. Thanks for reminding
2: yeah. me. Ma- Mike's also coming from a point where the Avengers got all killed off because they weren't popular enough. Essentially mm-hmm. rebooted on the other side of the planet, and now they're back <laughs> on the main Earth and trying to come back into the limelight.
3: Wait, so this this was after House of M. This is after after um, Avengers disassembled. So uh, the Avengers already weren't weren't really a thing at this point. I'm a, I'm a little blurry on the on the in between between House of M and and Civil War. Like what? Where, were, When did the Avengers come back, or were, were, were they not a thing, or were they, like, a secret? So, no. uh,
2: the Avengers disassembled after Scarlet Witch started going a little nuts, and mm-hmm. after they disbanded and they kind of, like, called it a day, Scarlet Witch went real nuts, made the mutants rule the world, then they undid that, and then the Avengers were kind of like, well there's this big thing going down at the prison electro just let out like 42 supervillains all at once and whoever's here is now the avengers and that was pretty much the story <laughs> <laughs> that, that was it. Right. there's not much to it and then after that it's kind of like oh hey this this old captain marvel villain just blew up a school that that's it there's not too much more
4: yeah there there's no real lead up to it it's funny you know casey you mentioned like iron man you know having all these uh, government affiliations leading up to it, but it, it, and and I guess in a, in a, in hindsight, the way you phrase it, it kind of makes sense that he would do that. But there was really no lead up to this. I remember um, I was working at Wizard magazine still back then, and we read it, and we were all I mean, it was it was cool and it was exciting. It was like reading a movie, and it was really cool. But there was no, um, you know, they just that's you, you want to know like the feeling of of comics at the time. It was here's the next Marvel. Summer blockbuster that they're that they're putting out there. So there's there was a almost yeah. there, there's a level of cynicism that goes along with it, where it's like, holy cow, are they doing? They're doing another one. Like they just did House of M. They're doing another one. They just did you know Avengers disassembled, and and even that I think was like a reaction to the success of like Identity Crisis at DC. So yeah, uh, there was a lot of like politics, you know, in 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 the uh, in the competition between Marvel and DC at the time. So there, so to me especially at least my point of view at the time was boy they're doing this again oh my god so they're just they're just coming up with they're just coming up with ideas for summer blockbusters and mark millar and, and marvel itself didn't do any lead up to this so it really kind of bolstered that opinion that being said Civil War was a great comic and it, and it was a great storyline and it it really did actually lead into the next you know uh storyline which was the scrolls and all this other stuff so i mean they did have a plan, um, but at the time, these crossovers were very, I mean, it used to be like the 80s you had, uh, and I wasn't really coherent. Con-
2: Contest of Champions, Secret War. Secret War.
4: I mean, you had things in the 80s, but uh, you didn't really have this stuff in the 90s, so, and that's, that's my prime reading uh, timeline right there, is in the 90s, so uh, it, it, it almost didn't feel, it almost felt like it took away the specialness that they kept doing it every single year, but uh, obviously they had a, a larger plan, so...
3: Mm. It's interesting you should you should say that because I've actually found that Civil War even before I read it I always knew it was one of the most polarizing comics to come out of Marvel. I have heard people who rave about it like it's one of the best crossover events they've ever had, and then on the other side I hear people say that it that it ruined Iron Man that it ruined all of it basically ruined the Marvel universe by being a foreshadow of things to come with all these crossover events and and I, I, so I, I went into this really not knowing what to think and and I, I, while I, I enjoyed elements of the story, I actually got the got um I guess the word is a uh, some vibes of Batman versus Superman where they were trying to cram a lot of, of elements into the story and then sort of jumping around and not really giving them time to breathe. which I mean if, if you read a lot of the tie-in issues, I was gonna it gonna say it's the a, tie-ins makes a lot are more sounds like yeah. I was able
4: the, tie-in, the tie-ins, the they they do help. Yeah, they do really help.
2: You want to you want to talk ah. about tie-ins? Do you do you guys know exactly how much there are? This is this this might be a little ridiculous. So as a, when I when I read <laughs> no listened, Casey, tell us up. how many. Oh yeah, how, how how fat was she? No, it's uh, <laughs> so so. Uh, keep in mind, again, I was buying comics for the first time in two thousand and six, two thousand and seven, and I bought every single tie-in. Because I wanted to oh, read God. and absorb everything oh, I God. could. So you didn't go to college,
4: this? right? Because you had no money to go to college. High, <laughs> high school.
2: High school.
3: So, right, but
4: that's yeah, that's all the money that you would have to go to college. Uh, See, that's gone. yeah, that's your college fund.
3: That's oh college
2: yeah, oh yeah, fund. it's my college fund. Yeah, it's, I invested it in comic books about 16 years too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. So it's 93 issues. Okay, that Holy includes shit. the seven issue miniseries we all read. Yeah. if you do the math that most of them are twenty two pages, except for two giant size issues one and seven, it comes out to about two thousand and eighty five individual pages of comic book. And if you were paying full price for it, at two ninety nine a comic book, except for the main series, which was three ninety nine, you ended up spending a total of two hundred and eighty five dollars and seven cents to get the full Civil War experience. That's Only two hundred and seventy
3: five dollars. <laughs>
2: two hundred and eighty five dollars. And seven cents.
3: Oh my yeah, god, nice that's, that's almost a deal. <laughs> that also it's doesn't include variant
2: covers. I probably paid the out of the ass for, but <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> who sure, knows?
1: Sure. <laughs> Ultimate <laughs> Spider Man number one, Casey says pass. However, oh, every pass. single Civil War tie in, give them to him.
2: I've uh, got Heroes for Hire in that mix. Oh, baby, <laughs> real money. <laughs> So to, to expand on one of Mike's points too about event comics coming out one after the other following this, this was also the continuation of an extremely bad trend that I'm I know he remembers from the '90s, Hero versus Hero. I remember mm. it. It just doesn't stop with this because this there's ba- the bad guys in this issue are even fighting on the side of the good guys sure. for the most part. Sure, it leads in. Uh, yeah, I mean, it leads into this. It leads into Dark Reign. I mean, it's even House of M was was everybody fighting the X Men or the Avengers fighting the X Men. It was it's a mess. Where's all the bad guys?
4: I actually, that's funny you mention that because I think I even thought that back then when I'm I'm sitting here watching, you know, or I'm sitting here reading this stuff and I'm I'm saying this would be the ultimate opportunity for like every single villain that's out there to to trounce, you know. They're heroes. I mean, why wouldn't they? You know, I mean, it also would they had the Dark Thunderbolts, right? Because the Thunderbolts uh, joined up uh, with the Registration Act because of this, and so there was like this, these mm-hmm. villains trying to, you know, maybe not do right, but maybe get their 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 slate cleaned, essentially. So like the Suicide well, Squad, well, yeah, what, right. It, was, it wasn't it on.
3: wasn't quite them joining up as much as them having nano machines injected into their body that like we kill them at any second.
4: Well, that's Suicide Squad, right? <laughs> <Well>. <laughs>
3: This yeah, is, this but, but Thunder, Thunderbolts—you
1: tell me. I mean, like when <laughs> I was reading that part too, jumped
2: on that premise too.
1: Yeah, like I was reading that, and I was just like,
2: "Yeah."
1: I like, had to like check the, like the the publisher. I was like, "This this is Marvel. Why did the Suicide Squad but, but, just before, show up?" Before
2: that, the uh, before that, the Thunderbolts were always um, misguided bad guys that were trying to reform for the most part, and they did it sort of willingly. Sure. Um, and if you want a brief history lesson on that, you can check out the article I wrote about Thunderbolts this week on badcoyotefunky.com. dot com. and it's nice. a
3: good
2: one. Yeah,
4: that original Thunderbolt series—not to divert too too much, you know, off into a tangent—was amazing. Kurt Busiek. Um, that was George a, Perez. Uh, it, oh no. no, 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 it wasn't George was Perez? It was uh, Mark Bagley. Mark he Bagley, was doing Avengers at the time. Yep, Mark Bagley and Kurt yeah. Busiek did uh, did Thunderbolts, and Thunderbolts looked like a cheesy replacement for the Avengers when, when we were mentioning Heroes Were Born, and they did a great job of, um, you know, for any Game of Thrones fans out there, keeping a secret uh, before they released anything, uh, just, just like uh, Game of Thrones recently in this recent episode, kind of uh, without spoiling <laughs> anything dun, for dun, anybody dun, and dun. not saying nothing, but, I mean, obviously you can check out the internet and Jon Snow's back and all that fun stuff. But, <laughs> um, but, but oh, no! But, wow! But... They, they did keep a secret. It looked like, oh, this is a cheesy knockoff. This is like a cheesy, you know, Avengers wannabe group. And then the very last panel, it's Baron Zemo saying, this is great. We're going to now win the public's heart, <laughs> and we're going to rob everyone blind, and we're going to take over the world, and they're never going to know. And you're like, holy cow, I can't believe they just did that, and they did it in a Those way. are the masters of evil. Yeah, it, it it's basically the masters of evil. It's amazing. So that was, the, my, that was my tangent yeah. on Thunderbolts. Read the article. <laughs> <It's
3: great. laughs> no, and I, I think really the the tie-ins for uh, Civil War, like um, even the stuff that came out afterwards, that kind of elaborates on it, like Dark Reign, really do make the event have have a purpose. But for for the sake of of, of this podcast, we we only read the core story, and and I and I, I wonder if it's if it's fair to count in all of these other writers' work. As part of the as part of the merits of the original story, so I I'm, I'm not entirely sure that I that that Civil War at least in my opinion holds up on its own. I think you really have to have the tie-ins. I think it has some some great moments, but as, as but far really, as essential
2: as far as essential reading goes, the Amazing Spider-Man six issue arc is an absolute must. Yeah.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, I actually didn't have a chance to check that one out. But I did read the Captain America tie-in. And I think that really gives you a lot more an idea of really what the government is doing and not so much just like the hero versus hero. Because to me, it just felt like in this issue, <laughs> Captain America fights Iron Man. In this issue, Captain America prepares to fight Iron Man. In this <laughs> issue, they, they argue about it and Spider-Man gets really hurt. Like, I don't know, it, it just felt like a lot of back and forth. Um, and and you and, and you kind of you heard about things that were going on, like you heard about things the like supervillains were doing. You heard about the government maybe possibly working with supervillains to take in heroes. And then you see you see like one instance of it, but you really don't get the sense of scale that I always envisioned Civil War being. I, as, as someone who, who who just read it for the first time, I think I think I I I, uh, I got my hopes a little too high or my expectations a little. Too, too, I guess, too high for for what I I eventually um, read, and and yeah, I was I was much more pleased with the entire event after I had a chance to go through the Captain America story, but yeah, on its own, I just I just don't think it holds up.
1: I mean, like, so this is my third time reading Civil War. Um, I read it uh, shortly after it came out and was collected as a trade. I read it again, um, I want to say a year and a half, two years ago, something like that, um, where I just like went to the library. They had that super, like a really nice hardcover one. I was like, oh, I've read this one. Let me read it. Then I read it again last week.
2: Library um, edition.
1: <laughs> yeah, the library edition, complete with plastic wrapping and a weird tag on the spine. Um, anyways, so I was reading it and... Like, this time around, and I just, like, I'm progressively liking it less every time I read it. Like, the first time I read it, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Oh, my God, I can't believe this happened. And then the second time I read it, I was like, all right, yeah, I remember this. This is really cool. And now I'm just, like, this time, um, I actually had to reread a couple of pages because I just kind of, like, zoned out a bit. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Well, well, also, think about it, too.
4: I mean, you're you're now reading it. We're now reading it 10 years after the fact, almost. Oh, sure, yeah. And also back then, I mean, it's a strange analogy, but I'll, I'll say this, you know, when I watched Wedding Crashers way back in the day, I thought Wedding Crashers was an amazing movie. And I was like, oh my God, it's so funny. It's so hilarious. Um, but then the more and more you watch it, you know, once you've experienced the joke, the jokes aren't funny anymore because you kind of, you know, it, you, know, you, know you know they're coming. Whereas something like Anchorman, I can watch that over and over and over again and find things funny differently every single time or just start reciting lines but at the time i watched anchorman the first time and i was like "Eh, it's okay it's okay and then the next time i'd watch it i'd be like oh that's you know that's kind of funny and then our friends would be quoting lines to each other before we know it and then we'd watch it again and we'd be like oh this is really great so you know using that as an analogy for civil war civil war was groundbreaking at the time because it really did set the stage and then you had Captain America getting killed as a result of it at the end and you had the scroll attack coming and, and, it, and it became part of this like tapestry so uh, you know looking back if you reread it yeah I, I could reread it and probably be like well it doesn't matter now because all of these things that it's set up have already kind of run their course so the impact is, is clearly gone whereas something like you know the last time I was on your show we were talking about Dark Knight Returns you know that is a beginning middle and end that you can read you know you could read it countless times and still feel the impact because it wasn't a ground layer for you know years to come of DC comics it was it was in its it was self-contained and in its own thing so uh, i could see why it, civil war clearly loses it you know it just doesn't have the same impact back then huge impact sure yeah no, right,
3: i i completely agree with that and and uh, in, in that also, we, we can't we can't really bring ourselves back to that moment when, when Civil War first came out. We were we were reeling from from you know from, a, from 9/11 tragedy and, and people were in the, the Patriot Act was, was being was passed and there and there was a lot of paranoia going on. A lot of a lot of people a lot of um, sacrificing uh, freedoms for security and and that that message is is shown over and over and over again in in the comic and and it was a lot more i think believable for people to to imagine people rallying behind a government program to increase public safety than than it is today whereas today if you look at this comic it's kind of like oh where is where is all this this public unity coming from for this this one law it seems completely unrealistic because like today everything's so our our politics are uh, there's such like a schism and and it just it just it just seems kind of sudden like there really isn't like like you said earlier like it kind of just happens like there isn't really a buildup to it but really there there was a build up and and the build up was reality i um i read an interesting article that said stated how comics have this heavy unique ability to to parallel the immediate reality better than any medium and i think civil war with all of its faults is a perfect example of that. It it really does highlight the paranoia and, and the fears of, of America during during that time. Of course, I wasn't reading the comic at that time. I I got into comics fairly recently by comparison to everyone here. But I don't, I'm I'm curious. Uh, do you guys do you guys have a, um, a clear recollection of 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 I guess your mindset going into it just from from the environment at the time. There
4: was definitely um, I mean, people it, it's it's a great point you bring up because I think 2006 was 2006 you're starting to really, I, I guess when 9/11 first happened, you know, everyone rallied around Bush and everything was, you know, hey, let' go, let's go get these guys that got us and we'll gladly give up civil liberties to keep ourselves safe. No question about that. And then, okay, Afghanistan, great, this is great. We're going to go get them. And then it was Iraq, and it was okay. Uh, you know, I remember my reaction was, I, ironically enough, I actually reacted to the Iraq War uh, in the only way I know how, which is to think about similar search, uh, similar situations in comics that, <laughs> that paralleled it when, um, the, uh, when X-Force <laughs> came out. X-Force came out in 1991. They were going to go after the bad guys before they come after you. And that's what I said. I said, okay, if we're going to go the X-Force route, with our, with our government, then we would better do this right. But by 2005, you had Katrina. And by 2006, there was, I, there was no support left for Bush and what he was trying to do and his administration. Um, so there, there wasn't as much, uh, I don't know, I, I, I guess the Patriot Act at that point kind of wore itself thin. So I didn't, I didn't see that in there. But I do think it's really no coincidence that Civil War the movie is now coming out during election year. I think that's a, actually a mm. pretty a pretty <laughs> yeah. clever uh, job of timing wise because I mean and we'll talk about this on my show tomorrow when you guys come down and guest and guest guest star on it as well and, and the politics behind civil War is, is fascinating to me because you basically have like a Trump versus a Bernie Sanders here essentially right now and, and that's kind of what, what we have in Civil War. So um, it's a great great point though. Amber, that you're that it basically does parallel like real life, and it's amazing that a story that was done ten years ago could parallel life today if it's retold, and it's retold very easily, and it will be in the movie. And back then, uh, back then I think there's a there was more of a weariness of the government, so I don't think it paralleled completely to what the time was. But that was my take.
3: No, I I think I think that's that makes a lot of sense, especially with um with the. <laughs> The distrust that the heroes had with the superhero registration, because I think that does tie in to, to a lot of, of sacrificing civil liberties. And, and I think the fact that that America was starting to to get cold feet on that on that on that legislation is is even more so a reason why they would why they would have a crossover comic that that highlights that that public um, disapproval. Um, cuz i think i think definitely one one way to explore these topics is to delve in, into into the fantasy side of things cuz you can have a scenario that you could never really have in you can you can never really construct in, in an article or or a news coverage but you can you can have these heroes be be avatars for, for these other ideals and, and represent a fear or or a or, or a belief that that really does resonate with people. So yeah, and in, in light in light of, of my complaints with 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 uh, how dense Civil War is at times, I do think that 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 is a certainly a point of validity for for its legacy. You guys
2: are really reading into a comic where people get their shit stomped in every issue. <laughs> 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 oh my god i mean yeah there's a lot to think about and maybe the timing is topical but like this comic is a no holds barred fuck you beatdown. like (laughs) like every issue has has like some major ass kicking like it's it's an event comic you know like yeah there's tie-ins like civil war frontline it's all about the daily bugle tackling the politics of it with sally floyd who is a character thankfully we never got to see again because she kept jamming it down our throat how out of touch Captain America is and proving more right how right he is in this whole thing.
3: <laughs> Wait, is that the same person who was in uh, Homefront, which was, I think was in the uh, the Fear Itself speedball crossover? Probably. Which I just, I just stopped.
2: A... Every time I saw that she was in a comic, I just avoided it like the plague. She was, oh, okay. <laughs> she's toxic. But then I also have a very low opinion of this comic now. I, I loved it when it came out, because it had every character in it, and you really got to kind of see what they're about. And then when you start reading five years of comics, 10 years of comics, 40 years of comic books, this comic is a poison. Everybody in it is written wrong. Everyone. Yes. And it kills me. It kills me every time I read it.
1: Yeah. I mean, like like for me, um, and actually, this is kind of like what I want to talk about too so we can segue into it. One of the biggest surprises for me in this comic when I first read it was when the Punisher shows up. Because you keep on seeing these, like, you know, these white boots showing up everywhere and, like, kind of off in the distance and all these things going on. Sneaking around
2: corners.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, who do I know that has white boots? Because I was used so used to, like, you know, the Garth Ennis run at that point. Um, I didn't think of, like, that traditional Punisher outfit anymore. I just thought of, like, even the Thomas Jane T-shirt, jacket. Yeah, He's got, he's got the
2: skull and that's the only white in his costume.
1: Right, exactly. because
3: well, it, was, it was obviously Moon Knight. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, oh, I was thinking like, man, is it Taskmaster? No, I just saw Taskmaster over there. Who the fuck are these with <laughs> white boots? And then all of a sudden, it was just like, Punisher. And I, was, I my first reaction was like, oh, my God, it's really cool. This is going to be awesome. And then I thought about it. And it's just like, why does the Punisher care? Like, he's trying to take down the mob, and he's trying to, you know, do make those who had killed people, robbed people, stuff like that, pay for, you know, punish them essentially. And now he's choosing sides in something that's just like eh, I don't I don't know. Like, you know, it just didn't sit right with me. And it was too grandiose scale for the Punisher, in my opinion.
3: And nothing I, really came of it either. That's 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 a pretty kill yeah, he, killed two part. Dudes. Yeah, he, he shows he, up. He became Captain America for a while.
1: Yeah, that's true. When he, he took the he, that was so oh my god he steals his mask in the (laughs) last issue he takes his mask and he just goes "Hmm." (laughs) (laughs) he starts cosplaying as captain america oh my god it was not it was not great that was not i'm not even a big punisher fan and that like i know that's wrong like that just doesn't feel right to me not being a fan i can't imagine people who are actually big fans of the punisher being like why is he captain america now what's going on yeah
2: People people that, get upset every time the whole... they change Frank's status quo. Even when he became Frankenstein, which was awesome. Everybody hated it except me. I never. <laughs> I, really.
1: I, I thought the <laughs> name so, the name so turned good. me it's,
2: off. It's so good, Greg. You would love it. It's he fights I probably monsters would. underground in a city of monsters instead of criminals. It's amazing. So <laughs> remember
0: ridiculous. you told me you told me about that it's comic. So I was just Punisher. like that would make for a really good like Halloween short. You know, like just recently around that time, yeah. Frankenstein Castle. <laughs> 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 yeah. Now playing an ABC Family. Oh
3: God! <laughs> but I mean, just going back to what Greg was saying about uh, about Punisher, I I know that you guys were. were, were I know you mentioned that afterwards there was a, a status quo shift for him. But but as someone who who just read the core story and and one other tie in. And, and, I, and I also would think that people going to the store buying a Civil War trade would just go into it thinking, like, this is Civil War. Um, it really did feel like his only purpose was to get Spider-Man from Stark to Captain America um, and gun down the villains joining Capside side so they didn't have that kind... that didn't have a dilemma. And and even and even beyond that, I think that Spider-Man's entire role in the, in the comic fell... Felt wrong. Like he, he not only did I mean he, he he revealed his identity, then immediately regrets it and then changes sides. It just seems that like like he, I always thought Peter Parker was smarter than that. That he that he wouldn't act so rashly.
4: Well, he I knows mean, I mean, and what, he knows the purpose of a secret identity is to protect his loved ones. And then he's surprised when his loved ones are getting attacked. So like,
2: ah, I, I should yeah. never have done
4: this. But
2: Aunt May get shot. Just putting it out there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you should have seen it coming. Yeah. <laughs>
1: i mean like it, it's one of those things too where like i can still kind of see his rationale where it's like he's trying to protect his secret identity from everyone else and the government shows up and it's just like we're gonna expose you no matter what he should have been smarter and i feel like i definitely definitely unmasked him for that wow effect right that wow factor where it's like oh my god spiderman i can't believe in that fuck, that panel where he's at the podium. Mask off. And you get also get to see J. Jonah Jameson's reaction, which was Dude dro- drops priceless. like a rock. Yeah, priceless. <laughs> the only time he's ever been silent in his life and like not in panel when he's in a scene is that moment. But it, it, it's just like I can kind of see his rationale, but at the same time it was totally rushed. And like I don't think he was thinking long term on that one. I think you're just like, well, I'll work with the government, and everything will be fine, and they'll protect they'll protect my family from Things they couldn't protect my family from before, which is exactly why I donned this mask and decided to be Spider-Man so I can help other people.
3: Yeah, and that, and that's the whole thing. It's like it, it, the original tragedy is when the Green Goblin like follows him home, learns a secret identity, and then then qu- kills Gwen. You know, like mm-hmm. it just it just seems like he of all people should should know the value of a secret identity.
1: Sure, uh, Mike. What was the your favorite moment from Civil War? I loved it when Oh man. Well. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I said Mike, Amber. I said Mike. Mike, 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 Mike you, Amber.
4: Mike. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh My favorite moment was when Amber cut in front of me to, to talk about her favorite moment. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, that was a great moment. Oh, burn. <laughs> uh No, actually, I I I, I love the scene when uh, the the we didn't know it was a cyborg, but Thor kind of comes back. Um, Thor was actually missing for a while too, so his appearance was was, he was kind of epic. Dead. Yeah, I mean. It was it was epic. It was an epic moment and uh, cutting down Goliath like that was was actually pretty pretty badass by him. So uh, even though it wasn't actually him, but as we later found out, but that was definitely my favorite moment of the book.
1: Sure. And then like the the crazed look on Robothor's face was just like yep. Kudos, you know, But Kudos. that's Malar that too,
4: you awesome. know? I mean, that's just so Malar. Malar yeah. has these like moments yeah, where it, it's it's like it's like badass pinup number one, badass pinup number two, badass, like, there's always just a scene, and, and we've kind of touched upon it tonight in this discussion, where he kind of just throws history to the wind in order to succeed in this moment, whatever it is, and consequences be damned or history be damned, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and in this particular case, you know, obviously it definitely works, but uh, but it's just, it's very typical Millar. Well,
1: I, I think that's why um, Millar's work translates rather well to movies right like if you kind of count this one right like kind of civil wars based off the thing loosely that he wrote but you said kick-ass and wanted um sure wanted was changed drastically after the first 20 minutes uh but you still had those scenes in there you still had those moments uh same thing with kick-ass like you you know you felt that you know he really got the point across and it's just really interesting that hollywood has that fascination with Mark Millar's work, whereas there's so many other authors out there who touch upon things that don't really get that. Like Frank Miller, for example, is just starting to get all these things kind of realized in one form or another, whether it be, um, you know, The Dark Knight Returns in animated form or Batman v Superman with all of the the uh, references and all the callbacks to his work, uh, The Dark Knight Returns, which we talked about a couple weeks back, so everyone check that out. Um, Casey, what was your no? Change my mind, Surge. We haven't heard from oh, Surge in what? a while. Yeah, we'll get <laughs> no, to you, you guys are the comic guys. So uh, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I want to know, Surge.
1: Like, he, like, what was your like favorite moment from this?
0: Oh my god, um, it, not being a comic book guy myself, uh, me, meaning that I don't go seeking the material I used to when I was a lot, lot younger. Uh, and my, my favorite comics were, were X Men. So it, it it kind of buns me out. Like to kind of you know get off topic a little bit. It kind of bums me out that the X Men aren't going to be in this even though they are a part of this, yeah. I think the studio and the directors really kind of blew their load prematurely, thinking that, oh, this is the perfect time to make the Civil War movie. And uh, there was an interview with, with the brothers who uh, who are you know in charge of this movie, and they felt like, well, we've fleshed out all these characters so far pretty well. And, and they literally said, I think now is a good time for us to do the Civil War, which I disagree with. I mean, you have... All these other movies coming out, like Black Panther, Captain Marvel. You really think now is a good time to go into it when you have all these movies coming out where all these characters that people don't really know who they are and what they're about are coming out soon? And you want to make uh, some money? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Uh, But my my, my favorite moment was uh, the, the explosion heard around the country
1: oh yeah the, ver- the first issue Dude,
0: i like i mean uh I'll, the the, char- the other characters some of the characters that died some of the some of the big moments i i, I thought those those were pretty cool but i kind of had that spoiled for me by <laughs> like people who, who do read comics who are my friends so i'm just like uh you know but you know like reading it all over because we had to uh you know uh yeah go back in and read it for for the podcast and i i, I just i it, it it kind of draws a parallel to, to Terminator, you know, where like you know these like what like like six hundred civilians to were were killed because of a uh, nitro, like blew himself yeah. up, and you know the the, the public was like, no, nah, we we can't we we can't anymore with yeah. these heroes, like this, this is it, and I thought that was and what's with uh Marvel
1: treating Speedball like shit. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Like, in, like, in this one, penance? they're just like he's penance, the worst, right? Penance. <laughs> well, he turned yeah. to
2: penance after this. Yeah, after
1: this. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so like, this was like you know the the coup de gras almost, but also in alias too. He was just like a junkie. Like was it? he was yeah, just I, yeah? Like, like I thought was, of that I as think? I was reading, um, yeah, as we were reading Alias before Jessica Jones, and I was like, I feel like he was like he was a shithead somewhere else. And I can't remember when And I was reading this, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's the worst. I think the
3: only time I've seen Speedball written, like, not a jackass is during Avengers Academy when he's a professor. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, like
1: in New Warriors, too, like, I had one, and I think it was Scotty Young did the art for it. I don't remember who wrote it. Uh, but he was like kind of cool. He wasn't that bad. But like everything else I read him in is just like, blah, who cares? He's the. Is that, worst. is that
3: a recent issue? Is that a recent comment? No, no.
1: One? I think no, it was the, right the, before. The,
2: the, the, yeah, the Scotty Young drawn arc of New Warriors was right before this started, and they had the uh, the reality show gimmick. Yeah, yeah. It was also That's before Nova went into space. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I've,
3: I've always been fond of uh, of Speedball post-Penance and Penance, yeah, that, even though that's another polarizing character evolution yeah. <laughs> that I've, I've noticed. Yeah. But you know what? I like it. NVD. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um,
1: um, yeah. can, can we talk about like the X-Men real quick? Just because we, we've been we've been kind of glossing over it, and I don't want to... like. I, this is a point I wanted to bring up. We kind of touched upon it on the preview a little bit. Um, that conversation that... Iron Man has with Emma Frost at the Xavier Institute. Your favorite scene? Oh, <laughs> is, that, is that seg- your favorite scene right subtle, now? Casey?
2: Subtle segue. No, not at all.
1: Okay. Um, no, no that, that one's not mine. I already said it. I already said mine. Well, kind of not really mine, <laughs> but really. Uh, but this one was really cool because it was just like. <laughs> to everything that Tony could bring up, he's like, well, you don't care about innocent people being killed? And Emma Frost looked at him, and, like, she turns the whole, like, where they are into Genosha and what happened there and skulls and, you know, baby skulls, I think, everywhere. And she was like, where were you then, jackass? Where were you when the mutants were getting slaughtered countless million
2: times? dead mutants.
1: Yeah. Um, it was just like... <laughs> It, it, it's just like you could tell that like Tony Stark is getting more and more aggravated, and he was totally barking up the wrong tree. The X Men are not going to side with him at all on this one, and it's actually stupid of him to even think that they would. You know what I mean? I,
3: mean, they, I think it's. I th- yeah, I, I agree, and I also think it's stupid of the X Men to not help out Cap. Like I think only only in a in a tie in does Wolverine even do anything. Uh, he hunts down. What?
2: He hunts down Nitro.
3: Yeah, I mean that, he's and he's the only one. It's like what. The X Men are already being hunted by the government all the time, and and it just goes into the whole like, Spider Man valuing his secret identity. The X Men should know more than anyone uh, uh, that 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 this that this is a bad law because isn't it just in like an evolution of the Mutant Registration Act?
2: Pretty much.
3: That was yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, it, it it pretty much is the Mutant Registration Act just on a more global scale. But like, I think the X Men kind of like played it safe there, and I, I think that was probably the best for them because they were already hated by everyone. No matter what they do. Yeah.
3: So what do they have to lose? That, that I was well, I was reading and they, and they gave that that explanation. Oh yeah, you can expect us not to help. But like, why? Yeah yeah. I know I know you're gonna play it, but, but really, but why though? But but, like, but again, I, you, like thinking
1: thinking more long term than short term. So like they they have a more global idea of if they choose a side, what happens, right? Because they've seen both sides of that argument. They've or not that argument of of an argument. So with Magneto and Professor Xavier, they've seen what happens if you choose the wrong side, or if even if you choose the right side, people don't care. They're still gonna hate. You is probably there is their there is
2: no right side for the X Men. Sure, they will be hated no matter what happens. Exactly. But, yeah.
4: But again, this is all you know. The X Men sitting on the sideline is because Marvel didn't wanna. They wanted to do a non X Men crossover. I and mean, that's how I read it. Unfortunately, I mean, I read it back yeah. then. And like they just that. had
2: one the, the previous year. Sure, yeah, but right. I
4: mean, well, it doesn't matter. They they've, they they had one every single year. I mean, you know, uh, Extinction Agenda <laughs> and uh, Executioner's Song and you know uh, age of apocalypse i mean they were they were the marvel universe for a long long time and this was you know them being neutral cuz everything you guys are saying is exactly what i thought back when i read it back then was like you know no the x men would be doing something they would exactly think this is this is you know why would they why would they you know why would they be like a neutral country when germany is going to start invading everywhere they know where germany i'm just using a world war II reference here but not that i was alive during world war 2 but uh, <laughs> you know you know it's like countries would just kind of like let germany take over this other country because they would say well it doesn't matter they're not going to come after us so it's great but the x men the x men are like they're the persecuted ones all throughout history they know they know the end of this movie so they basically again like we kind of been talking about they act out a character they don't they don't you know, a lot of characters acted out of character. Tony Stark acted out of character. Spider-Man acted out of character. The X-Men acted out of character. And it was all to drive. And, and some of it was, you know, some of it was behind the scenes. But then some of it was just Mark Millar saying, F it, we need this. We, I need these characters to do this because this is, you know, this story needs to revolve around Iron Man and Captain America. And that's what I want it to be. And that's what it's really going to be. Soon.
1: I'm surprised they didn't, he didn't break up Cloak and Dagger. I oh. thought for sure, like he that already, bro- would be he already broke
2: up Reed and Sue. Wasn't that enough? <laughs> I mean, just break them all up. Just get yeah, rid
1: right of enough. all the couples. Like get rid- anyone that pairs up the other side. Because like I felt that that would have been a really cool battle to just visually see. Is like yeah. I actually have a cloak trying to collect dagger.
3: I, mean, I, I could see that, but I mean, then they were they also but the cloak was their main means of transportation, sure. and if well, he was always wrestling had, with they had like
1: Wiccan and they had like other they, they had, like multiple teleporters, right? Yeah. They even had yeah. uh, Bishop there to, as a backup plan too. Uh, Although I wasn't. Oh no, it was Cable. Cable, sorry. Yeah. Well, uh, cable and Bishop the were side. both.
2: Pro, pro, pro. Oh no, you're right. Yeah. Cable yeah. B- Bishop
1: right. showed up like twice that I saw. Unless I was just like zoned out at the end. He was in the last uh, issue.
2: He was punching somebody. I think probably. Oh yeah, up in the distance, <laughs> tiny panel. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gets a line of dialogue. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
3: <laughs> Wait. So I have a question about Iron Man. Um, so. I only know Iron Man from like modern Marvel where they've been writing him like Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> where he's really and cool and likable? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So what was Iron Man? An alcoholic.
2: Boom. Boom. Got gotcha. you. Nailed it. Not for not for <laughs> 20 years. Too bad, Greg. Your dated reference. <laughs> Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic.
1: Isn't that not how it goes? I don't know. Was, Anyways. Um, yeah, I don't know either. I always knew him as kind of like the uptight womanizer kind of guy. Um, kind of shades of what you see in Ultimates, stuff like that, where like he's very suave, very slick, very secret agenty. That's how I that's how I remember from comics. But again, I'm not an Iron Man guy, so
4: his his movie character is is not quite the Iron Man in the comics either. Like his movie character. Falling in love with Pepper Potts and, you know, obviously I guess if you have Gwyneth Paltrow working for you, it, it might be easier to fall in love with her, I guess. But, uh, you know, other than that, it's like, it's, yeah, no, it, so, the, so the the Tony Stark from the comics is exactly, it, it, he's more like Howard Stark is written on Agent Carter, where he was just kind of... He's aloof. Yeah, yeah, essentially, just kind of out for himself and, um, but not in a bad way necessarily, he's just uh, very self-absorbed. You know, and, and and that kind of thing, and he treats women the same way, and he and he, you know, as it, they're they're just uh, another, you know, aspect of his life that he kind of entertains himself with, and then moves on to the next thing that kind of stimulates his brain, and and so, yeah, no, the Iron Man, that's that's again, just not quite the Iron Man that you're used to. You're just not, you know.
2: Also, I think it's politically It's a, active, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good idea man. to mention that uh, prior to this story, Iron Man was so protective of his secret identity, he once mind wiped the entire world with satellites. Yes, to make them forget. <laughs> yes,
3: <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah,
2: he. So a lot of people think of Iron Man as like this public persona hero guy. He had only really had that twice before the movie came out. Once sure. it was because of Civil War, and once before that, it was. I f- actually forget how it was revealed. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I think maybe he crashed and some kid took off his his mask. Maybe. Yeah. Like <laughs> <twice>. But <laughs> I mean the headlines.
1: <laughs> they even referenced that in the first Iron Man movie, right? When he was like, they were like rumors, like you know Tony Stark yeah, is Iron Man, but blah, blah, blah. he goes, bodyguard? no, no, he's my he's my bodyguard. Like that right. was the story for a while. That's why Iron Man <laughs> was always around, is because he was Tony Stark's bodyguard. Right. Yeah, I completely forgot about that until you just mentioned that, Casey. <laughs> yeah. Even in the cartoon, the Spider-Man cartoon is the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, Casey, what was your favorite moment before we so run out of my, time? My
2: favorite moment is, is really more a, a collection of other moments and that when you look back on it, how kind of ridiculous these things are. Mm-hmm. Um, one I will always remember is as soon as the Punisher walks into the room with a bloodied Spider-Man, the look on Captain America's face. <laughs> He's just like, Ooh! <laughs> he's it, it makes me, it, it, it. Yeah, he goes. He straight Scooby Doo's it, um, and like that. That's something that it just. I mean, I understand that it's supposed to be like dramatic and everything, but I just, I can't, I can't look at it. Not really, laugh. dude, that the, the, that panel thing, is
0: vi- like visually striking. Like, I want a poster of that.
2: Oh, it's it's so striking. But like, you'll look at it now, and now that I've made the Scooby Doo noise, you can't unhear it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Um before that, even something like when they buried Goliath, the fact that it that they didn't even try to shrink him.
3: Well they did, they so they didn't work, but I don't know how that makes that's, sense. That's that's
2: bullshit and a half and is it's so freaking ridiculous. They just tied him up in a tarp. Like it's 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 <laughs> insane.
1: It's well insane. again, Mark Millar's dramatic moment, oh, right? Let's let's break all the rules just so I can have a giant grave for a giant person.
2: Yeah. Uh God. Um I would say my my real my real favorite moment though has to be when Captain America in the final issue is tackled by the village people. <laughs> he's so in a in a completely uncharacteristic moment where he's going to decapitate Iron Man with his shield and yeah. I refuse to see anybody trying to argue that he was going to hold back cuz it's he's got this stone cold blue eyes of a killer in that first panel. Yeah. Then he gets tackled by a firefighter, a couple of EMTs, and what I'm a, a police officer and what I'm almost certain is at least one postal worker.
3: <laughs> he just and oh it's like God. it's the re-
2: it's the real heroes of the streets. Saving <laughs> Captain America. It's like, I don't want to hurt you. And he's like, "Oh, are you trying to hurt us? It's too late. Look what you did. You blew up all of this one block of New York." And it's like, "Oh, gives up." Yeah. It's lame. <laughs> it's totally lame, but it's t- it's comic books in how ridiculous it is.
4: Oh that's sure. not a good statement. Yeah. That's not true. Good stories are good stories. Doesn't matter, you know. And and in this particular case there's so many, you know, plot holes and so many things that are just not not written. They're they're written for the sake of of just kind of shock value. That that's that's what it is it's not it's not just something that you you know relegate to comics i mean you could read anything that that has these kind of things where you're like what no no so
2: yeah. <laughs> all right that was that was you a can, bit of an unfair generalization for, a, for yeah. a medium i i adore to death you are <laughs> what's wrong with but. comics no no no, no. <laughs> you know
0: what
3: there? the no. industry doesn't want... <laughs> No, but um I I think that the uh, other other than the actual you know like the firefighter the postal worker I, I, other than the I guess that that element of the execution I I did find it really believable that 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 was the straw that broke the, <laughs> Captain America's well, not Batman's Batman but anyway um, <laughs> because he he can't physically accept any individual life being harmed and that's the difference between him and Iron Man. Iron Man is okay going after a portion of humanity, making making a minority less less safe so the majority can be more safe. Whereas Captain America could not fathom even a single life being hurt negatively by, by the hero by what the heroes were doing. And he was fighting for that ideal up until the moment it became apparent to him that his that his 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 fight was 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 gonna have collateral damage. And and should should that not have happened, I, I think Captain America would could have could have carried on that fight to till till his own till his own death. And and Which I, don't, only and I also came don't know next month Yes, <laughs> and, I, and, and, and it's and it's a hard it's a hard argument to make whether he was right or not because he wasn't the one who who wanted to change things. It was it was an external force trying to get him to change his ways, and he wasn't hurting anyone. Contrary, you see in the story that should Shield leave him to his own devices, even without their support, he would continue to save people. He was he was doing nothing but but helping. And and that, but that wasn't good enough, and he 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 had to he had to be on their on their leash, so it's it's really it's kind of a, a tragedy in 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 my, in my opinion the the ending because it's shown in this in this very upbeat way that, that taking away rights are is, is a positive because Iron Man's saying oh this is just the beginning end and, and uh, but but really really you, you see almost the. The death of of freedom in some ways at the end of that story, just because of 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 the, and you, I guess the situation, the the. I'm not sure the, really the word I'm looking for here, but I guess the position captain was the captain was put in, you know. But
1: yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, hey guys, guess what time it is. <sighs> Could it be? It's a little early. Amber's trying
3: to say your favorite moment.
1: Oh my god, I no. forgot to bring the chest with me. Yeah, No got a, no. a thing. Secret question time, everyone. <laughs> it's time for my secret <laughs> question. <clears throat> I'm waiting for my jingle. There's no secret question with that jingle.
3: Thank you, Amber, it.
1: for being a team player on this particular endeavor.
3: Welcome, even though you're skipping me.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought you went. <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no okay. No. Never, mind. Never
1: mind. It's not a secret question. Ever go. <laughs> Favorite moment. Five seconds or less.
3: No, it's actually, it's the same as Sergio's for a different reason. I I find that in comics you only see, like, New York most of the time or some fictional country. Uh, and But at that moment where you see Stanford, Connecticut pretty much nuked by Nitro, it resonated in... Extra le- level with me just because, you know, I'm, I'm from Connecticut and and actually having having some event impact somewhere where, I, where I've i been numerous times resonated with me in a way that that I really hadn't hadn't felt before. And and I think that I, I wish there was more comics that took place in more areas of the world and more states and more countries so that more people could have that feeling instead of just being shackled to New York. And that is my favorite moment because of that reason there. Single question time.
1: Also, I think that was the most to-the-point thing I've ever heard Amber say ever in 49 episodes. Good job, Amber. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, secret question time. Guys, we talked about the Civil War comic uh, this particular week. uh, Just leading up for when we get to go see the Civil War movie. Now, my secret question has nothing to do with the comic, more so the movie. I want to know. Obviously... We have all heard that some there was going to be a major death in civil war. No one knows who. We all have a pretty good idea. Um, I want to hear who you guys think dies and what are the repercussions from that. And I want to start with Mike this week.
4: I think Jon Snow dies. And I think Jon Snow. Oh Oh, god! I think (laughs) eventually. I think the Red Woman is gonna is is gonna is gonna get him back there. No, I think. (laughs) <laughs> hey, it's a tough Literally one. A scarlet,
2: a scarlet witch. <laughs> I would
4: say, yeah. <laughs> I would say, just based on the fact that um, I don't want to say it, but I want to say Captain America most likely is the one that bites it, uh, just because he needs to take a little bit of a backseat. The actor needs to take a little bit of a backseat, and so he can come back for Infinity War and and all that fun stuff. Plus, there's just precedent in the comics, so. I mean, I have a feeling they're just going to kind of use that precedent and and go with it. I know everyone's kind of thinking it's War Machine because of the trailers, but I can't imagine that they would they would be so blatant to have War Machine, you know, look dead and then actually be dead because it's a made and and War Machine's not necessarily the major character. So I, I would go with Cap.
0: Sure.
1: Well, and imagine if it was, though. Imagine going yeah. way back. What was that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like a couple, was it a month ago? Two months ago? Right. We we're talking about when yeah, trailers like give too like much away. Too- yeah. This character's dead. You don't have to see this movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amber, what about you?
3: I think we're gonna. Ha- I'm gonna go a little abstract here. I don't think a individual is going to die in the in the in the in the sense that they're actually going to, to die. I think Iron Man as a persona of Tony Stark is going to die, and he's going to become the director of Shield, just like in the comics.
1: But isn't that wasn't that persona already Ooh. supposed to be dead in after Iron Man three?
3: Well, I mean, Avengers <laughs> Age of Ultron happened, so yeah. no.
1: <laughs> yeah, because like, like, yeah, I remember. Kind of and, a, and I didn't like Iron Man 3 that much, but I distinctly remember him being like, I will never be Iron Man again, and then driving off like in his convertible.
3: Well, I think he gets over it. I think he kind of gets over the whole fear. <laughs> he wakes up the next day and he's like, <laughs> oh, wait, no, I like There's, being Iron he Man. He literally puts shrapnel
2: back in his heart.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that movie terrible. never existed because it was terrible. terrible. I don't know. It had its moments. It's terrible yeah, moments. It was not
1: very...
2: Moments of terribleness. <laughs> oh, man. It, oh, For the,
1: it, the it, amount of it, hype it, that that movie had, it was not very good. Not I mean, well.
0: no, no. I, I mean, I mean, we had how it's many of minutes of, of yeah. Tony Stark just freaking out with the little kid? Like, what the hell?
3: <laughs> like, that was so yeah. weird. Essentially, yes. I, mean, I actually, I, I didn't mind the kid. He was, I thought he was a, he was pretty funny. He was, he was one of the few parts of the movie I enjoyed. I think, but I think in general, the whole bummer that was Tony Stark that entire film. Was I, I minded the kid because
0: I was yeah. just like, is this someone in Hollywood trying to make their kid a thing? Is this, is this what what's happening right now? Somebody put up a lot of money, or it's somebody's kid who belongs, you know, like. a production person on the set and now their kids in this movie like right next to Robert Downey Jr. So you could be a thing.
4: They they donated the most to the Kickstarter it was one of the rewards. <laughs> it's like your kid can be in this movie for like $10,000 and they're like oh that's nothing to me because I'm wealthy here put my kid in Iron Man
3: oh
0: the Omaze the my trust is yeah, doing. like, the maybe, the yeah. like if, you, if you generate to this uh, if you donate to this generous you know donation uh, this you know whatever <laughs> this organization you know you can do all this stuff and things and like if you go down the prize it's like 50 bucks you get like a bumper sticker $10,000 you'll be in the movie it's like wait what mm-hmm. I remember when they're doing that for like for Star Wars The Force Awakens <laughs> and like $7,000 got you like a walk-on thing and then like even more you're legit going to be like like, like a creature in the movie, and I'm just like, wait, what? I don't, have, like, I don't have thousands of dollars lying around.
3: Are you kidding me? $20,000, and you can be <laughs> a Stormtrooper. Casey spent,
4: Casey spent all his on Secret War tie-ins, or else
0: he would have...
1: He would have ah. been <laughs> the yeah, little kid not, in Iron Man 3.
2: I blew my shot of being so a <laughs> <true. laughs> uh, Stormtrooper. Now, while the eyes are while turned towards me, I'm yes, going to answer go. the secret question. Go for it. Hawkeye is biting it big time. I've heard Ooh, that rumor. I've heard that rumor, too. You want to know why? I forget he because dies it, in the comics, too. He, well, he, yeah, he, he, dies in, uh, he dies right before House of M becomes a thing. Yeah. That's true. He, yeah, he dies during Disassembled. It's true. I I that, yeah. But my, my thinking is, look at all the character depth he got yeah. in the rest of this movie. Right? Yeah. Look at that. Yep, yep, they put yep. it all out on the table. That guy could have got killed by Ultron, and nobody would have batted an eye. Yeah. Now, now you got him in the middle of the Civil War. He's done. I give him one to one odds on dying. Nobody's more dead than this guy.
1: That's a really good call. (laughs) I don't even think about that. Kudos, Casey. He
4: died in awful fashion too. Like in the comics. Like Bendis, Bendis wrote that one, and it was just one of those things where it's like. I'm gonna die
2: now, and you're like, wait a minute, Mike. You, you gotta just... give him the. You gotta give him on the details on this one.
4: Oh, Jesus! I, I don't even remember most of it. I just remember he just like just launched himself at the ship or something like that. I mean, I'm just vague. I just remember the panel and reading and going like, wait a minute, why are you, why are you doing that? You don't have to do
2: that. Just move to the right. I, I got <laughs> or move to the I left. I got you. I got you on this one, Mike. So there's a fake. Kree invasion Right Brought around It ends up being brought around By the Scarlet Witch Hawkeye gets a laser blast To the quiver right And of course The dudes packing explosive arrows So he looks at his quiver He looks at all the heroes They all look at him like Oh my god Hawkeye's Totally gonna die And he looks up At the Kree (laughs) ship right So instead of Detaching his quiver Which any genius Worth his salt Would have some kind Of emergency release If you're carrying around Explosives (laughs) Decides to grab A Kree warrior Use his jetpack To fly into a ship And explode and die Right it's pretty. It's pretty ridiculous. It was awesome. So it
1: died in a similar fashion to Green Arrow, then. Oh, big time. Yeah, big time. Huh. It's funny. It's how always that an happens.
2: explosion with these archers. You can't. You just can't stop. <laughs> <die. Fucking laughs> and you figure if that they don't, if they don't lose an arm or go blind, they're getting blown up. And, and that's just
4: a direct re- retaliation for the fact that they don't use anything that should should blow up. They're using like wooden arrows. So you know, <laughs> like it's just it's one of those ultimate ironic deaths. But it was a bad death. It was a it was a bad non-death, too, because he ended up coming back, too.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Uh, I think Uncle Ben dies. Nah. Yeah, Spider-Man. <laughs> um, J.K. Simmons dies. So then we don't have to worry about... Not J.K. Simmons. J. Joe Jameson. They're the same person. <laughs> no, you, you got it right. Yeah. They don't have to. Sh- you got it they right. They shouldn't recast that. They shouldn't. No. Um. Yeah, ever, ever. But they will. Uh, did you guys hear the rumors about that? It's supposed to be Ice Cube. What? I, I what? heard... Yeah, I heard they're going to... They That's be at Ice way Cube. too ridiculous. I would like... I'd like Tom Hanks. If they're going to recast it, Tom Hanks all the way.
2: Well, if they make it Ice Cube, they could bring back the tiny mustache and not have to worry about, like, a, like a Hitler thing.
1: That's true. <laughs> I
4: heard That's Ice true. Cube's going to be somebody else, mustache? too, actually. I forget who it was, but somebody, somebody mentioned Ice Cube as somebody else um, in the Marvel Universe. Oh, no no, 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 no. There's a rumor for Ice Cube in the new Men in Black 23 movie taking over the
1: zed uh, role. oh nice that'd be really cool that'd make it uh no i think that i actually think it's going to be captain america that that dies um and i hope it's bucky that takes over too and not falcon just because bucky cap was really fucking awesome he's really cool and i'm sure fact Fal- uh, falcon cap is really cool too but i don't know like Falcon just became really cool in my eyes as his own character in these movies. Like I was never a fan of him beforehand, so I'd hate to like, you know, have this brand new character that I really like now just go ahead and take up a different mantle.
4: That's a good but point. He doesn't need me. to. He doesn't no, he doesn't need to, yeah. though. You're right. There's no reason to. He does. He has a he has a real badass suit and he's and he's and he's got a personality and he's got a character to himself, whereas Winter Soldier basically is is directly tied to Captain America from the forties, so why wouldn't it just make sense if he took over? I think it would be great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. um And that's uh, that's everyone, I think. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's that's all we got. And oh, nice. that's did, our did, show. did search go? Did search go? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Stanford. Blows oh, yeah. Up. yeah, that's it. That's it. Go. I, I can't keep track. <laughs> too many people. Wait, too many people. What is this? A podcast? <laughs> yeah. What are r- r- we doing here? Okay, nerds.
0: Much nerds here. No, uh, yeah. So it's funny that you guys mentioned Falcon because I think either him or or uh, Rhodey is is gonna die because Black Panther is, is getting his own movie. All right, so we know he's yeah. not gonna die unless he dies in this one and then his movie is just how he comes to be and then we know, then that we is know he's gonna die. Enough. The 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 <laughs> Panther. Exactly. God. Well, well, my thing is like Hollywood is is pretty stupid and it, it was funny because uh there were there was some channels i was watching and uh on on the youtubes in which they were like yep okay so in the movie trailer we see that uh war machine roadie is dead he might be dead in the movie and it's just like come on guys like you get black panther another black character and you have to kill another one it's like you can have more than the two <laughs> black guys on screen at the same. You know, there's like some weird like like undertone in hollywood it's like oh nope too many bad people gotta kill one it's just way too many so I think either Falcon because honestly, like nobody I know cares about Falcon. Like I think he's so lame, you know. It's like you know he's he, he's Captain America's like black buddy. It's like this is just like old eighties <laughs> trope. It's like, come on,
2: not sidekick partner. Yeah, They're no, partners. he's
0: a sidekick. We, we we can we can say partner all we want, but we we know he's he does his sidekick. Like come on, seriously. In any case, so I think either Falcon or uh, and if Falcon died, I really wouldn't care. I'd be like, yep. Yep, and moving on.
2: <laughs> and wow!
3: Well, that's why he can't be exactly. the one to die. Wow.
2: Like how, like how nobody bet on Vision, even though dudes totally got an Infinity Gem in his face, and we know Thanos. <laughs> yeah, is but that's have to not this it. movie.
4: That's probably Infinity yeah. War.
2: Yeah,
1: could, it could be the post credits. What if like it's the post credits movie? Because um, in Guardians 2, we talked about this on the preview a little bit. Uh, some. Shots on set were released, and it had Nathan Fillion oh, as yeah. Wonder Man, which is a
4: great cast. Oh yeah, great which cast. Is fucking that's phenomenal a phenomenal casting.
1: casting. Um, but like you know, it was just in the form of movie posters, and you see it, and you know, it's it's uh, Simon Williams as blah blah blah, and all this stuff. Um, but that would be great if like Vision kind of like got the nicks, and then you know he maybe gets reprogrammed, maybe put a little Wonder Man brainwaves in there to make it a little more accurate to the comics.
2: Yeah, buddy that would be really cool. I do, I do really like driver's version though. feels good.
1: Oh yeah, I do too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's well-casted. The voice is awesome. Um, it just, it makes sense for this universe and you always have to keep in mind that the Marvel cinematic universe is just one of the many multiverse that takes place in from the comic books. Um, and that's how I justify a lot of things in my head when movies or TV shows go off. Yeah, and event. it sucks
0: too because there are some really cool moments that you know they, they're not going to to have on the big screen. Like the whole thing with uh, – um, what's it called? The, the, neg- the negative zone with Cloak, where, where Cloak like teleports everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and then um, – uh, oh, I forget her name from S.H.I.E.L.D., who's who's the director now, and she like traps everybody over or there. Maria yeah, Hill. Maria Hill traps everybody Ma- over Maria there. She's like, oh, North. this will solve the problem. And everyone's just like battling out and then like um, – <laughs> Uh, cloak like she tries to tell like he teleports every batch in New York City so everyone just like falls into New York and it's just like a really like stunning panel I think and it's just like they're not they're not gonna be able to do that because uh that character would come out of uh, completely nowhere and but it would be really cool to see with a big Hollywood budget like it'd be amazing to see but they you're not gonna do that so
3: also Fox owns the negative zone
2: Oh yeah,
0: it's the true. they they Zone or the phantom yeah. zone or are they one of the same? It's
3: yep. it's a it's a, fan, it's, it's it's a fantastic a fair, yep. four thing. Oh
0: yeah. no. Too yeah. bad. To but it's too. funny
1: too because like the scroll you would think is a fantastic four thing, but there it's not. The super scroll is. But the <laughs> scroll is I think I think Marvel has the scrolls I but not the I would love to see scroll. a super scroll movie.
3: Well, and they also might not be able to call them scrolls either, I heard. I'm not sure. That's why they made them. The that is a reason why they made them. Cheat, yeah, they, they, why, why they made them Chitauri <laughs> in the uh, in the um, in the movie, yes. and also in the comics. If you read the new Nova series, they've been writing the Chitari more like the Skrulls. Ooh,
2: the Chitari were also in Ultimates, which yep. you know is basically cut and dry, made for an yeah. Avengers movie. Yep.
3: Yeah. And uh, yeah. I think how they're how they're justifying is in the comics. They're saying that the Chitari are a genetic offshoot of the Skrulls. They're like the warrior cast and and literally disowned by the, by the rest of the species because they were too radical.
0: I
1: love how mm-hmm. Marvel's like, fine, you don't want to give us the rights to the movies, we're just not going to use them in comics and make them more relevant in comics and we'll replace them soon enough. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> just give us time. <laughs> can play this game? It's fine. Stop you, trying you to make being humans those. a thing. It's not an <laughs> thing. <a game. laughs> <laughs> I hate that. It's like they're mutants. Come on now. Like... Yeah, I mean the, the inhumans are, are are cool in their own right, but come on, like I I want my X men No, you you don't have to justify it. They're not cool. They're not cool. <laughs> I mean, I I only like the
1: inhumans are cool, I like but black I only Bold, like it black when Bold it's like Medusa. I I like it when it's like black bolt and Medusa. Like I like those guys. Yeah. Those are really yeah. fucking cool. But like what they're doing in Agents of Shield right now, it's just like you're making it a mutants and you're just like you're not even getting any like name, brand, grade A inhumans. You're just getting like you're making people who are not Inhumans Inhumans, and it's just like the... Yeah,
3: they're just trying to sell these characters on on, on the merits of, of the name Inhumans, whereas characters like the new Miss Marvel, Black Bolt, and Medusa they all evolved organically as good characters that just happened to be. And their lore you know, is crazy
0: too. Yeah. Like uh, like Emma, we were talking on our channel about you know the whole uh, reason why like Black Bolt exists. You know he's pretty much like a herald for Galactus, and you know like uh, if if.
3: Oh yeah. In, yeah, in the Earth X storyline, you find out like why why his voice can shatter worlds. So uh, we can call so. Galactus,
0: and Galactus can but, like defend us, and it's it's cr- it's crazy. Yeah,
3: yeah, and in uh yeah, so in Earth in Earth X, which is like the hypothetical end of Marvel universe, you you kind of you kind of see like the reasons why why certain powers are functioning a certain way they do, and it ties in everything together, and and it, and it justifies Black Bolt's power. Uh, where, because like in humans, that all of their powers are, uh, ha- they have they have a purpose, either something some part of their personality or some need that that the world has for them at that at that time, like the flow of energy or something. <laughs> and in Black Bolt's purpose was for him to to eventually save the Earth from the Celestials by by calling out for Galactus to, which is which is the one thing which is the, the anti Celestials. Long story. Won't get into Galactus' background right now. Earth-X, but <laughs> Earth-X is
2: weird in general. It explains Thanos' chin by saying he's half scroll. It's ridiculous.
3: <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and, and ultimately at the end, uh, when the Earth is pretty much doomed by the Celestials, Black Bolt reveals, why he's come back, and it's a really great moment, and everyone should I would love that. to
0: see a Super Skrull movie.
3: <laughs> no, absolutely. Tenderize I mean, oh, you, well, I mean <laughs> I mean like even any of the scrolls, I mean I guess Marvel can't have the scrolls have the suit of fantastic four powers, but they could have a scroll have, you know, some Avengers powers. Ah, they could they could
2: they could choose. They could make
1: fantastic I mean, like if you think about it realistically, the only one that would be, I guess, iconic enough would be the thing. Where that's pretty individual to him, right? Like the the rock, the orange rock formation. But like,
3: well, even then, you could, you could kind of fudge it with the Hulk. You know, oh yeah, I you mean, have, oh,
1: no, you, yeah. the Hulk or the Abomination, Ooh. where you can have like the the bones protruding and stuff like that.
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, he's
1: still out there. Remember, that's the Incredible Hulk is still canon for Marvel Cinematic Universe, no matter how little we got. We got Thunderbolt
2: Ross it. showing up in this next movie,
1: played by the same actor. There yep. we go. Although they could have just recasted him and not mentioned anything, we we would have been fine with that because they've set a nice precedent for that already. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah.
3: And I and I think that like I and I really do think that they're going to tie in the uh, the Inhumans to, to Thanos a, a lot more in, in the upcoming movie just just because of, of the nature of their powers and being tied into to the Kree and being experiments of alien experiments. Um, it it just gives it gives them more more to more to pull from. Like they. They need to have some some way to to really have a character fit fit a need in the universe, and and as we were saying with Black Bolt, like the Inhumans fit that role, role literally perfectly. Like that's that's what their powers are to to, to fit a niche a need. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think if if you are going to you know do a, do something with like a super scroll um, to, needing powers, I mean it gives it gives the scrolls a reason to come to Earth. I mean they what what do they want? Powers to steal or to copy. What does the earth have? A bunch of people that can get powers based on a need.
2: Sure. Well, I'm sure
3: the scroll's time will come. And speaking of time.
2: That's it.
1: That's it. It's... That's it. That's it.
2: We're done.
0: <laughs> all right, nerds. That's all the time we have for today's issue of the Bad Cody Clunky podcast. We talked about Marvel's Civil War comic in this comic book club. Today, we were joined by talkingalternative.com's radio personality michael dolce michael thanks for joining us glad to be here and mike uh, where can everyone find you and uh, what times can they find Because i think you also have uh, some new time changes coming up
4: yeah we have an epic move coming next week uh but for tomorrow you can check us out talkingalternative.com at 11 a.m uh eastern time uh you can check me out on twitter at michael underscore dolce d-o-l-c-e uh, Facebook.com/secrets of the sire and Sire.com. and then next Wednesday we're going to debut 8:30 p.m. Uh, we'll do the radio show at night in prime time.
0: And for the Backcountry Funky Podcast, this is Band Brewster Greg. What up, Adam Bomb Amber? Boom. TV's Casey.
1: Hey,
0: and I'm Sergio. Thank you guys for joining us. You can catch us on iTunes soundcloud for you android users com slash podcast for everything and make sure to check out com for everything you actually care about until the next podcast everyone we'll see you later or we'll see you another time
1: or we'll see you never Just so you guys know, my original to your question was going to be, what are you looking forward to most? But I thought
0: everyone would say Spider-Man, so I thought I'd change it up a bit. (laughs)